Karka. So it's the 27th of September 2022. So the cultivating of merit and parami, or spiritual virtues, is something that's very important. So some people have created a lot of this parami in cultivating generosity, in cultivating virtue, and cultivating their minds. So for us, we have been born, and we have this merit uh, with us. That's pupe jakata bunyata, um, that we have the fruits of our past good deeds with us. And that's what's allowed us to be born into this life. And gaining this birth, and kind of the merits that we've created in our previous lives. So some people, um, they've created this merit. Despite that, they have difficult childhoods. But as they grow up, then they're able to uh, develop their lives and improve their lives. And the merit that they have produced in the past comes back to help them. And so they turn from ones with little virtue to ones who have good virtue. And people who weren't generous, becoming generous people. And also becoming people who meditate. So having this dana, sila and bhavana. So this is even more so for bhavana that the merit that this creates is a lot. And if we have done this in the past, then we'll have that sincerity to meditate. And in this life, we'll be able to do it. But it depends upon the energy within our hearts as well. And metta, this loving-kindness, is an important energy. We see how the Buddha and this kindness and compassion, this great virtue of compassion that was so profound and so vast, of the most compassionate, that it went without end, there was no limit to it. So we say, Appamano Buddha, that the virtues of the Buddha are limitless. Appamano Dhammo, the virtues of the Dhamma are limitless. Appamano Sankho, the virtues of the Sangha, are limitless. So when we have the sincerity to practice, some people progress quickly and others slowly. And why is that? It's due to their barami, to their spiritual virtues. So for some individuals, it's incredibly difficult. Just to get a bit of peace is really, really tough that there's all this chaos in their minds, they can doubt about every kind of thing. And for myself, I had this experience as well, that before I was practicing along and doubting along at the same time, and my mind was really unsettled, was really chaotic. And so there was this delusion there which pushed me into wanting to progress really quickly. But as awakened teachers, they've taught the straight path already. 
they say, have restrained, be collected in virtue. Look after your life through right livelihood and be intent on contemplating and contemplating the four requisites before you use them. That the reason that we have these requisites is for the sake of relieving our suffering and giving us time to meditate, giving us convenience in our lives. So we have these four requisites, but the things which give our lives value and gives our heart value is this training of the mind, is bhavana, raising our minds to be higher, to be better than they were before. So if we don't kind of train our minds, then they won't develop. But if we train them, then we can cultivate them, can make them higher. So just like how we can train animals to do various tasks. And in Thailand these days, they still, in the deep forest, can still use elephants to drag logs that they've cut. And so they can still use this. And we can train animals just in the same way that we can train our minds. And this training, this mental training, gives us a lot of benefit. But what if we don't train them? There will always be delusion there, which run the show, which overpower our minds, which constantly drag them to lower places. There will always be these qualities that obstruct our hearts, and we know these already, what they are. So sometimes there's liking, sometimes there's disliking. Sometimes there's pleasure, sometimes displeasure. Sometimes love, sometimes hate, sometimes ill will. And these, and these arise due to the sense impressions that we experience. And then there's the mind which is scattered and unsettled. And there can be ill will. And we can cling to that ill will all throughout the day thinking thoughts of harming, just being stuck repeating the same old story in our minds. So the scattered mind, it can be scattered in terms of love, thinking about love, it can be scattered in terms of hate. Perhaps there's something that we experience that we don't like and we feel annoyed, or we can just get annoyed without any perceivable reason. And there can be doubt about all kinds of things. So these hindrances, these five nivaranas, they obstruct our minds. And for those who meditate, whether they experience peace or not depends upon how much energy their hearts have to be able to pass over these hindrances. Having this mindfulness there, which is strong, so we recollect our meditation object and not other things. We don't go recollecting about sensual pleasures or hate or restlessness or doubts or sleepiness. And when we have that energy to our mindfulness, then peace because becomes something that's more easy for us to experience. So when we look at people who meditate, 
we can see the difference between people who have a lot of barami and a little bit of barami. For those who have just a little bit, you know, things can be very difficult. It's this aspect of generosity can be something that's very hard. But it's also possible that people have this barami, but it's just they haven't reached their time yet. So there was once a Brahmin who wanted to eat a dessert, it's kind of like an Indian crepe. And he was at his house, but his family was around, and he didn't want to share this with anyone else. He thought that if he cooked it, um, when his children and his wife were around, then he'd have to share it with them, and that would be a waste. So he went up to the top floor, to the seventh floor, in order to cook it there, so he could just have it by himself. He thought that this is such a good kind of dessert, and he didn't want to give it with anyone else. And so he was up there, frying this dessert, and Venerable Mahamogalana levitated up to the seventh floor, outside of the window. But even then the Brahmin wouldn't give any of this dessert to him. He said, you should go somewhere else. Then Venerable Mahamogalana displayed various psychic powers, and faith arose in this Brahmin's heart, enough for this defilement to kind of leave. But that shows just how strong that defilement was in his mind, just how much there was of it, that it required someone displaying these really amazing psychic powers in order for it to leave. But after having gained faith, then the Brahmin went to Jaitavana Monastery and met the Buddha along with 500 monks, and his faith grew even further. He listened to the Dhamma and could attain to Sotapanna. So what this shows us is that before he reached Sotapanna, the greed that he had was not a small amount. He had a lot of hate, a lot of delusion as well. And so it's not sure. It's possible for people like this to see the Dhamma as well. So we shouldn't look down on these kinds of people either. So it's possible that they've created this barami before, but it's just their time hasn't reached. But when they get there, when it becomes their time, when that ripens, then it becomes easier. And they feel a sense of happiness and ease in generosity and feel a sense of joy in keeping the precepts. And this is even more so when people meditate, and their meditation bears fruit, that there can be a lot of happiness, the heart can fill up with this, when this kind of merit manifests. The merit of generosity, the merit of virtue, the merit of mental cultivation, And so it's not the case that when we do merit, then that just doesn't bear any fruit, that that doesn't have any result. But that merit, it stays with us in the hearts. 
And so people who have this, who have this barami, they try to create merit and they help out where they can. And when people meditate and they gain wisdom, that this makes being generous and virtuous even easier. Because they know that this life is something which is unsure. It arises and ceases, arises and ceases. And each step that we take is one step closer to old age, sickness and death. And this old age, sickness and death, it's not something that we can get other people to receive and experience in our place. We're just not able to do that. So in this present day, many changes have taken place in this world. And there are even companies that people use to make merit for them. That these companies, you can use their service uh, to offer food to monks on arms round. And so do people who do this, uh, do they get merit? Well, they do, but it's not as much as if they did it themselves. So in the time of the Buddha, it was like this as well, that there were some rich people who just felt like they didn't have enough time to make offerings by themselves. So they would get their employees to do it. But then when they passed away, it turned out that their employees actually made more merit than they did. But they felt like they didn't have enough time, so they just gave money for other people to uh, make these offerings. And so their faith just hadn't uh, reached that level. We see when the world gets developed, then many strange things can happen. So when people cultivate their minds, and when they meditate, then they gain this merit within their hearts, which gives a sense of happiness, a sense of joy through that merit. And then they know that they can recollect the good acts that they have done in the past, and this will give them even more joy in their hearts. And so for all Buddhists all throughout the world, they have faith in doing good deeds, have this real sincerity to create goodness. And it's even more the case for bhavana, for this meditation. This is even more important. So whether our hearts are peaceful or not, we just carry on doing this. Sometimes they'll feel peaceful and sometimes they won't. But it's our duty to just carry on, the duty of monastics and the duty of all of us. And to bring about peace within our hearts, it's not something that's easy to do. Because from the time that we were born, we haven't cultivated this inner peace. And so the mind, it's very chaotic. It's in an agitated state. And sometimes it can just be hot inside, and we don't know why. We close our eyes, and it's like there's a fire burning in our minds. And then maybe we think about a time in the past where we'd experienced this peace and this coolness. Both the body and the mind feel very buoyant, and this is what happens with peace. 
But then later on the mind becomes all scattered and restless, too much so. And through this restlessness it becomes very hot. Greed, hatred and delusion, these cause heat to arise in the heart. But this peace, it has a cooling effect. And initially we experience that for just a short time, and then the sense impressions come back again. Greed, hatred and delusion causes heat to arise again. And so these two qualities, they are in a fight against each other. So we should try to train our minds to be peaceful through developing these meditation objects. And so the Buddha taught us to cultivate this meditation. And bringing our minds to a meditation object and cultivating that is an incredible amount of merit. More so than other kinds of merit. So the goal of this is to abandon the sense of self and to bring our minds to purity. And that's the goal of our generosity as well, is to make our minds pure. The thing that we attach to in this world is this collection of four elements that we call this body. This body and these five khandhas. And they're also attached to things outside of this body, the various possessions that we have. And really these minds, they cling to everything. So we're generous for the sake of making our minds pure. And this is the highest kind of generosity. But if our barami isn't to that level yet, then perhaps we um, cultivate generosity in order to gain merit. Or we may do it because it's a tradition that we've received from my ancestors. And so this is okay as well. It brings up inspiration that we can use initially. So we can also recollect that this life is something that's not sure. And we're not able to take anything in this world beyond this life. The thing is, is that we don't really see that. We know it, but we don't actually see it yet. It's like how we know that this body isn't me. We've listened to that, we've read that. This body isn't me, it's just a collection of impersonal elements. And so we can think in that way, but that is not yet a clarity there to it. And when we see this clearly, then we realize that, oh, it really is this way. We see the Dhamma. In the beginning, this happens just step by step. We see it's like this, and the mind becomes empty. And this is the beginning of us really knowing this. And as we carry on cultivating this, then our knowledge grows and this becomes more and more clear. Until one day we truly see this. We understand that it really is this way. There's a real clarity there, and we see the Dhamma. So then we see the nature of conventions, and how really all things are conventional. Is there a me? Is there a you? In reality, these things aren't there. But initially, we have this greed, hatred, and delusion 
there, due to the sense of self that we have. But reality, it doesn't actually exist, it's just conventional. So we should contemplate in this way in order to realize vimuti or liberation, in order to realize emptiness. And then when we can reach that, then the next stages of the practice are more smooth. Initially, however, it's very chaotic and the mind just doesn't have any peace. And so we come to study these methods which give rise to inner peace. And really, all of these come down to having a lot of mindfulness. It's being very, very mindful. And then when we are mindful, and peace arises, and we gain knowledge. And so may all of you set your hearts on practicing in this way. <laughs>